Welcome to another episode of them Aspergers. Hello. Yes. Yes. Right. So, um, it's new episode time. It's the best time of the week. Yes. 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 What have you been up to since we last did this? Uh, I always ask this like I haven't seen you for a week. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's uh, it's the illusion of the podcast <laughs> to make it seem like me and you have completely separate lives for the whole time. And then once a week we team up and I go, so what's been going on? But for the majority of it, I know what's been going on. I mean, if I think about it, I know so much about you now that you might as well just not even be here for the podcast. I'll do your parts <laughs> and my parts. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah, that's true. You'd probably be better as well. <laughs> um, I too much to report, really. Is there? Yeah. Don't make out you've got an exciting, action-packed, fun-filled life. We both know you do nothing. <laughs> don't try and lie just because people are listening to this and they don't know. Because I'll just out you. Uh, uh, yeah, no, there's nothing, nothing new with me. I've got my new job. I'm enjoying it. It's good. Um, yeah, it's good. I like it. There's quite a lot to learn, but you know, we will sail along on the boat. It's uh, it's going well. <laughs> Is that not an expression? We'll sail along on the boat. No, it's not an expression. <laughs> oh. uh, I do like though that you don't know expressions. You've just kind of heard them from other people, and you try and use them. You normally use them wrong, uh, <laughs> or you use them. And they're a completely made up one, like sail along on the boat. Uh, so yeah, I enjoy I enjoy your sayings. Right, I have a thing about expressions, and I don't know if anyone else has this, but I never understand them. So if some if I've heard someone say it, I just assume what it's meant, and then I'll just use it how I think it sounds right. And apparently, I'm always wrong. Um, yeah, you know that actually could be a burger thing. Uh, I when I got my diagnosis, or when they were diagnosing me, they did something similar. Where they listed, like, well, they just said a load of sayings and, like, proverbs and that kind of thing. And then after they said it, they went, what do you think this means? And I was like, um... Uh, and, yeah, one of the ones that I remember... There were several, but for some reason, the only one I remember is they asked me, um, people in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. Uh, and then they were like, what... You know, first off, what does this make you think? Uh, what do you think it means? And then if you got it right, they asked you how you know what it means. Uh, yeah, and it was part of my diagnosis. So I do feel like the whole saying thing or sayings in general are actually part of the um, part of the with. So you probably get them wrong and don't remember them because it's to do with your Asperger's. Yeah, that could, that could be it, which is probably why. Also, because a lot of them sound ridiculous to me, I probably accidentally make some up because I'm like, oh, I'm sure it's a saying. You, do, sure- you do make them up. Yeah, because I just think, like, surely they're all made up. Like, they sound ridiculous. I don't know if anyone else has this problem. Or I've, like, heard something wrong, so I've made it. Like, the expression, to make ends meet. I didn't know what that meant until I learnt, when I was studying French, I learnt that expression in French. So I saw it written out, and I saw that it's M-E-E-T. So it means, I don't... I don't know. I don't understand what it actually means, like that expression. Because what I always thought was it was meat as in like M-E-A-T, the food, like 
<laughs> food uh like the thing that people eat animals i thought it meant like to make the ends of meat as in you were so poor that you couldn't afford like a steak but you could probably afford just like a shaving of animal skin i don't know like that's what it meant to me and that actually does work for what the saying's meant to mean because it does mean that you're poor yeah so I figured that that's what it was. And it was only when, yeah, I was learning the translation of it that I was like, meat, they've spelt weight. And then someone was like, yeah, like you make a, like the ends of a bit of string meat. And I was like, well, that makes no sense whatsoever. My way's way better. Uh, yeah, I was with you on that one, actually. I always, I know that it means, uh, well, yeah, I always thought it meant like ends of meat. So like meat ends. Oh, I'm glad that like, I'm not you the know, only like one you, here. You only go to like a butcher's and you're like, oh, I can't afford any. Have you got any like off cuts that I can have? Yeah. You know, for my cat. <laughs> I always yeah. thought like that. <laughs> uh, like uh, we haven't got enough food and we can't afford it. So we're going to have to just make meat ends. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, I'm glad that I'm not on my own because that is 100% what I thought for ages. Uh, um, I mean, uh, yeah, I kind of like much later on realized that it meant something else and it actually means like uh to make two ends meet you know? yeah um that you know it's it's hard to but it, it's difficult because when so like the glass houses one when um those sort of things are said to me i'm the same as you i only know what they mean based on what i've heard other people say or when they've used them um or i actually look at the literal thing of that so yeah people in glass houses shouldn't throw stones you know the first time i heard that I just started thinking about a guy in a greenhouse um, with a load of little white pebbles. Uh, and I just thought, yeah, if he throws them, like it's a, it's a glass house, so he's going to smash the windows. Um, and now every time anyone says people in glass houses, the first thing I think of is a guy in a greenhouse with white stones. Uh, and it's the same with any of those sort of sayings. I have to visualize what it is first. Yeah. And then I kind of play it out in my head. And then I think about it. And sometimes I can work out what they mean. Uh, and sometimes I don't understand why that's a thing, and then I have to wait until somebody's used it a few times. So sometimes I can just logically work out why that would be a bad thing. Um, I don't know why somebody in glass houses throwing stones means, uh, you know, don't uh, criticise someone for something you're also guilty of. It's, you know, basically a saying of, like, don't be a hypocrite. But uh, I don't understand that, how the two things mean that. I still now don't understand why... Um, it it means that it does mean that, right? I'm not saying Look, that. I'm not, saying, I'm not saying that's what that saying means. It turns out. I it's don't not. really know because I just sort of guess my way through all sayings. So, like, if I ever use a saying, it's like if it sounds about right in context, that's yeah. just pure luck. Um, but yeah, certain <laughs> things like um, you know, the pot and kettle one and like things like that. I don't get why the pot and kettle one is a saying. Oh yeah, the pot calls the kettle black. I don't get this because like. What if your kettle's blue? Yeah, I know, I know, but this is what I'm saying. So these are just are things you that... Just, I think that one means that you're calling someone something that they're not. So, like, if you call no, someone it's, a... No, it's it's not that. It's it's the same thing as the glass houses. It means... Um, it's like... Uh, it's like... I'm trying to think of it. It's like you calling... Having a go at someone for something you also do. Uh, that's what it means. Uh... Uh, so when... You know, when someone says, oh, well, uh, I don't like you because you steal a load of stuff, but you yourself steal a load of stuff. That's when you can be like, oh, yeah, you're a thief. And then it's like they could then go like, yeah, pot kettle. Uh, and then that this means is... 
Yeah, anyway. This is mental. This is not actually what this episode's no, about. No, sorry. This is just like a Tangent. Thing. But yeah, I've noticed that, um, yeah, when I had my diagnosis, it's one of those things that apparently those sort of things go over people with... Because we're, you know, a literal people. Yeah. Uh, the burgers. So we take things literally. And I do with sayings. It's just a few times after I've heard them, I know what they mean. And then when someone says them again in a sentence or they're talking to me and they use one if i've heard it before and i know where it's supposed to fit i know what they mean it's kind of like translating for me it's more like you know like if someone's speaking a different language but you know certain words of that language uh and you just translate them automatically you know like uh it's like if you know how to speak a second language um and somebody that's speaking to you in that second language your brain almost immediately doesn't go okay this word is this this means this this is what they're saying you just hear the other word and your brain automatically goes you know that's what it is yeah um and this is the same with that it's just if someone uses one i haven't heard of um i have to take my time to try and figure out what they could possibly mean by that and i'll literally go to the thing they're talking about and it takes a while but apparently that's normal but um i mean kind of loosely ties into today's episode. Yeah. Oh, to- did you have any new stuff to announce? New stuff for me? Uh, no new stuff for me. I'm back at work. I... Yeah, I, I don't know. I've had a burger-free week, as it were. You've been really um, uh, pretty good. Yeah. Like I say, I know with all the changes and we had some people in from other stores and they were making my life hell uh, because they just didn't get autism and that kind of thing the way it's working at the moment uh i feel like the people that i'm working for now still don't get it but there's so much like <clears throat> i suppose chaos and unruliness going on at the moment that i'm not being noticed i feel like before i was one of the big problems and i was always noticed uh, and i feel like now there's like bigger fish to fry there you go there's another one <laughs> yeah cool do you not know that one i've heard it before it means like there's other stuff to do there's yet more important things to worry about essentially yeah um so yeah yeah so i feel like once it's settled down um i mean i haven't had to whip my headphones out all week i haven't i haven't had to do anything like i i've not had any shutdowns really uh it's been fine uh i think the first day i was there i was a bit like salty but uh it's because i'd been off for two weeks yeah and it was hard for me to integrate myself back into the nt way of things (laughs) you're always a little bit salty (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah so this week uh is actually kind of related to that anyway i think that was funny do you yeah Yeah. (laughs) you're still laughing i know i'm sorry um, but yeah, this week it's we're going to talk about a little bit about um, behaviour in public, I suppose. Yes. Um, uh, somebody posted on our wall about um, having to suppress their autistic behaviours. So, like, if they're a flapper or if there's someone that stims in public, uh, it's one of those things that you have to do if you've been raised NT, but you know, and not diagnosed till late, is you have to learn how to pretend or conduct yourself in an NT way um well it's kind of this episode is kind of like a combination of two things so I wanted to talk about that and uh the things you suppress as a late diagnosed Asperger so the things you know that you probably would do in public or would do more regularly but try not to um and I also wanted to talk about um oh, what was the other thing 
there's two parts to this. Somebody else posted something that was related that I wanted to talk about as well. It was... There was the flapping thing. <laughs> and, oh, people's expectations of what they think autism is and what they think autistic behaviour is. And if you don't adhere to uh, what their stereotype or what their thing is, they don't understand it. So people that you say to them, hey, I've got Asperger's, and they have this like preconceived way of what Asperger's is, but obviously Asperger's is is really complicated. And there's loads of different variations and traits and whatever, you know, everybody knows this. If you know somebody that's on the spectrum or if you are on the spectrum yourself, you know that there's no formulaic, this is what Asperger's is and we all do the same thing. But for people that don't know much about Asperger's and have a really limited knowledge of it, they believe that Asperger's is identical for everyone that has it. And so they have their preconceived ideas on what Asperger's is. And then when you are around them and you say, I've got Asperger's, they go in the head, that means you do this. And then when you either do things that they think you shouldn't be able to do or do things that aren't what they think are Asperger related, so they start getting weird about it, they can start telling you off for it. Um, I myself have a problem with this with a lot of people that I interact with because they just don't get it. uh, And I'm having to constantly re-explain myself all the time. So... um, yeah, they're kind of related, I suppose, because obviously if you were a late diagnosis and you're suppressing autistic things you know you do in private, but you don't do them in public, like what's the long-standing like, effects of that? So for that one, that half of that, this topic, I feel like that's, that's more your domain, and I would say you're more like that than me. What do you mean? I think you suppress certain things in public that you would do at home. <laughs> uh, and I think the other part of it of meeting people's preconceived um ideas on what autism is is um is more what i do uh so yeah i just wanted to they're like my two topics i mean what do you reckon like sound of that i like the sounds of that which one do you want to uh which one do you want to start with Uh, i probably actually want to i mean i know which one i want to start with but you you, you say the one you want to start with and then i haven't got preference okay fine (laughs) So I'm going to start with the um, people's preconceived ideas of what Asperger's is. Um, so this is something that comes up with me a lot, especially in the workplace. Uh, despite having a risk assessment done and, you know, telling people what I've got, there's a lot of stuff that I do that people just don't assume are autistic related. They just think it's it's something else. Um, do you know what I mean? Like you tell people what Asperger's is and they go, oh, so that means that you... Um, you can't be social or, you know, it means that you uh, don't get jokes or you have no emotions or no empathy, no sympathy. You uh, can't read people's faces at all. You you know, these sort of things. So I always have this problem because uh, I'm really good at masking. So I am good at hiding a lot, which actually is still the first topic as well now that I think about it. Yeah. But I hide a lot of my autistic traits uh, from everyone. And I've always done it. I've done it from a very young age, mainly because, one, obviously, when you're raised NT, uh, and I'm not saying this anyway, is the fault of the parents of anybody that raises somebody that's autistic as NT. If you don't know, you don't know. So you don't... I can't imagine a lot of people when they're raising their child. Maybe different now, uh, I suppose. But I'm back when, definitely back when I was a child, and possibly the same for you, Parents don't automatically leap to maybe they're autistic. 
yeah. they just think maybe they're like maybe it's this maybe it's a disciplined thing also even if you do know I think like say you know your child's autistic but you see them doing like a behaviour that's quite I don't know obviously not like the norm not considered the norm in public you might tell them to stop just because uh, you don't want them to be drawing attention to themselves like I imagine even if you know there's always going to it's easier to teach someone to fit in, like, for their own sake of having maybe an easier time of it. Not that everyone always wants to fit in, and some people might have preferred it, but do you know what I mean? Like, I can see why you would want to, even if you knew your child was autistic, I could see why you'd want to teach them more socially acceptable behaviours. Because let's face it, even as an autistic adult, you're still kind of expected to behave in a way. Like, because you're an adult, even though you're autistic, there's still an expectation on you to not, I don't know, cry in the middle of the street because a shop didn't have any blueberries left. So what's the blueberries? I know. I try and think of different things, but it's just, it's the first thing that comes to me. I can see them sat on, like, Sainsbury's shelf. You don't even, like buy blueberries that often but every time we talk about going to the shop if you ever listen to any of these podcasts back which I know, I know it's you always do, blueberries you always say blueberries yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah I know what you mean but then hazelnut milk then because that's my favorite thing ever <laughs> I, I see a lot of like parents though not all parents but I do see a lot of it these days with parents that um just let their kids do the crying in the street and you know do the kick it off and, which again like i think do whatever you think's right like if if you want to let your child cry in the street let them cry in the street no That's i just fine. mean um like so i've had it a few times like especially like at work and that kind of thing where parents will let their kid like throw cases across the floor and you know pull things out of the wall and um you know then they try and like jump to the front of the queue and they do genuinely go well he's autistic he can't help it and just let him do what yeah. he does um and this original question on Facebook or comment, uh, which I think was on our group wall, was saying, do you feel like it had a negative effect when you hide the things that you instinctively want to do? Um, it's different for me uh, as opposed to you. The reason that I say this, even though I know I mask and I hide a lot of my autistic behaviours, um, I don't feel like it has an effect and I don't get strong urges to... So my masking is so like interwoven into the way I behave you now that I it's not a conscious thing I don't choose to mask and I don't control the masking I don't like get the urge to like say scream at someone or push something over or do you know I mean have a meltdown in public and then part of me goes uh no you can't do this no don't do this like stay focused that kind of thing for me it's instinctive now I just do stuff like i i suppress my autistic traits not on a level that i'm not aware of so i won't ever think oh i really want to have a meltdown now but i know i can't i just don't have one and don't feel like i was going to have one and there's no part of me that says we just we just uh, suppressed a meltdown there it doesn't happen i feel like this is a more a you thing um i know with you there's loads of stuff that you openly can feel that you want to do yeah. But then make the conscious decision of I'm not going to do it, though, because I'm in public and it would be weird. And, you know, people are watching and I don't want to cause a scene. Whereas for me, I, I don't even know I'm doing it. Like, I don't openly in my head make the decision to not do something because I know it's 
it's an autistic trait and I don't want to show it because, you know, I've been raised in a way that says don't show it. I just, I just, it's, I'm like a robot when it comes to being NT. Um, I just, the decisions are made on a level that I can't like interact with or feel. Yeah. I just won't do stuff without realizing that. I don't know I'm suppressing things. I'm sure there are urges in me to stim and to do autistic stuff, but I don't know the urges are there. I don't feel them at all anymore. Yeah. Um, I just know there's a way to conduct myself. And for me, it's more like a performance when I'm out in public. I behave a certain way because I know I'm expected to behave a certain way because that's how things work. Um, I get uncomfortable sometimes around autistic people who do autistic things really loudly uh, and really whatever because I feel like there's a level of me that just thinks like, no, 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 you can't be doing that. What will people like yeah. say or do or like what's everyone else going to think? I think it makes me feel weird because it's the thing I don't do and won't do. And um, But I know for you, you tell me sometimes after we've been somewhere where you were like, oh, I really wanted to do this, <laughs> you know, and so I feel like, do you feel like you suppress a lot of like your natural behaviors when you're out in public because you know you have to and if you do do you think that that has some sort of negative impact on you as an overall feeling for the day or anything like that um yeah yeah um i mean i it's weird because i i don't know i do different obviously i'm quite when i'm in the flat i would say i'm more obvious autistic perhaps I don't know like certain behaviors so if I'm happy like really happy not just happy but like really happy which I get like I get really excitable as a yeah yeah like I, I get really happy it's like when I'm really happy I like to jump yeah I was I was literally just I was gonna say <laughs> Uh, it's weird that you brought that up because in my head I was thinking, for example, when you get really excited or happy, you do this thing where you just keep jumping up and down a lot. Um, <laughs> and I was like, and I was like, but there's no way if you did something really happy in public that you would do that in public. It's something I didn't know you did until you got comfortable being around me and in the flat. I didn't realize it was a thing you did at all. Uh, and when we first met, we used to get happy and excited about stuff like before we knew each other. Yeah. Uh, and I would say, oh yeah, Scarlett, she likes to jump up and down. That wasn't something that I found out until much later on. Yeah. Uh, I think you did it. Did you do it yesterday? Uh, probably. You did it yesterday or the day before, where you were just jumping up and down at random. And I know what it means now, but yeah, you'd never <laughs> like a bunny rabbit. <laughs> you'd never do it in public. No. Yeah. So like that's one. Um, and like jumping up and down, I don't, uh, I don't do like trampoline jumping for like five minutes or anything like that. I do like power jumps, like three or four big jumps in a row. I don't know. Uh, I just thought I'd describe it to people. But like what I do, but um, in not doing that in public. So say when you're in public and something happens, that do you feel the urge to jump up and down? Yeah. But then think no. Yeah. I'm outside. Yeah, I think I definitely change the way I behave sometimes I get um upset but I think like I can't behave like how I want to like I can't be as upset as I want to be because I'm in public and I think like I it also works the other way around for me so when I'm because I do I mask not the same as you mask like my masking is a conscious effort and 
I have to put a lot of energy into it, which I know you do, but you do it on a subconscious level. But I have to put a lot of energy into it. So I have to sort of psych myself up for masking. But also it kind of feels like I go to like in my brain, I go to the closet in my brain and then I pick out like the personality that I need to put on. So I've I noticed this more where, so where we used to work, the retail store, everyone was kind of like, uh, I don't want really to use the word nerdy in a bad way, but like like gaming and like in a like I basically it was just quite a like a gamey sort of environment. You could you know you could dress sort of however you wanted. Tattoos were pretty acceptable. It, it, it was like this kind of relaxed environment. But I think like I put on a certain version of myself for working there that was more like befitting to those the people that we worked with whereas where I work now is a little bit more uh <laughs> it's quite professional um and I work with mainly women um there's not that many men there's definitely not on my team anyway on my team there's like three guys and then the rest are all women um but they're quite um girly I would say they're all quite girly girls and they like to you know do girly girl stuff so it's like I go to the closet and pick out my sort of girly side and put that on which is more difficult but so I think there's that as well which I think suppresses me because some of the things sometimes that they say I well I channel my sister because my sister's really girly so I basically just mimic what she's like um but I think yeah sometimes they say things and then I want to like make a comment but I'm like oh no that won't fit in with what I think the general consensus is here so I won't say that um I think that probably has like a negative effect as well uh because I kind of have to really hold in yeah I don't know I might have gone off into a tangent now I'm sorry um I think one of the negative things of behavior changing for me not just in the physical but in the talking is one that I notice I do the most is giving people the reaction they want to certain things. And for me, it's not so much the me toning it down. It's when I have to tone it up because I find a lot of times people will say things to me and I don't really care about anything that anyone has to say, really. Like, I I don't really care about, like, someone else's day. Like, I, I care about your day or, like, I care about people that... I'm close to or if someone's coming to me and they've got questions then like I can listen and I can answer yeah. but if someone's just telling me what they did over the weekend I don't care and then I have to really think in my head like oh no have a reaction to this because that's what they want you can't just listen to someone talk about their weekend for 10 minutes and then just go okay like I have to and while they're talking I'm just thinking like okay what's a good response to this and I think that I don't know if it's a negative effect, but I think it's an exhausting effect that has. Like, I get tired from being out in public a lot. Um, probably from, yeah, having to think about not behaving in an autistic way. Yeah. I find it exhausting. But, um, like, at what point did you... Is that because of, like, how you were brought up or... Like, what made you do this? What made you think I have to put on these, like, personalities and uh, I've got to do this? Like, where did that come from in the first place? Or well, is I, don't, it... I don't know. I think I've all, I can always remember adapting to the people that I've hang out with. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's more interesting to me because, like, and I know a lot of people on the spectrum uh, and a lot of people listening to this, they do it too, yeah. where they, at some point in their life, made the decision to try and appear more NT just to, you know, progress. I feel like it's not something those that are diagnosed young do that much because they don't really need to. Um, but when you're not diagnosed, but you're not fitting in and you're struggling and everything's difficult and it's that whole you don't understand why everybody else is having an easier time with things and for you it's quite bad you start just copying what they're doing and I think it might come from like you you want to be the same you want to have like the same emotion reactions to stuff you want to be like everyone else in a sense and you don't understand why so then you start looking at the way people do things and just think maybe it's because I'm not doing things the same way they're doing it and that's why it's such a struggle and that's why I'm finding it difficult. So what you start doing then is you just start watching them, copying them, being like them, because you think if I do the same thing they're doing, then maybe eventually I'll have the same reaction to things as they're doing. It doesn't occur to you that that's still not going to happen because at the time you don't know what you've got, you don't know what you are. So you you just think like maybe I'm not having this like genuine happy response or maybe I don't actually care because I'm not doing things properly. So then you just start copying what other people are doing and trying to imitate them because you think that eventually if you do that, you'll have the same reaction. I used to think that everybody else, was, everyone was a massive liar because like I used to <laughs> copy what everybody was doing and have no reaction to it. And I used to have to think that I'm having to fake this all the time. Yeah. That I just assumed that everybody else was also doing that. And I just thought, why are we all doing this? Like if this is such hard work and if there's no real payoff for this, and we're all pretending we're okay with certain situations. Like, what's even the point? Why do this in the first place if the overall reaction is going to be this nonsense? Yeah. So um, I found it really irritating because I thought everybody knew it and everybody knew it was all fake and everybody knew it was like something that achieved nothing. But we all did it anyway because I don't know. It's, it's like... Um, it's like when you work in a shop and you're behind the counter and you've got to be smiley and happy and like, you know, have a nice day and how are you doing and that kind of thing. Yeah. I always find that weird because I know that the people that I'm doing it to know I'm being paid to do it. But then the people that are the customers expect that from the shop. It's one of those things that, but I don't see the purpose of it. Yeah. You still get the item you want. You still get the thing you are after, you know, the end result is the same, except your experience in there was pleasant yeah but um i always felt like it's one of those things it's one of those like institutions or it's one of those like rules or one of those like weird social things that everybody does but nobody knows why anymore you know like how people do certain things and everyone thinks like why do we even do this i don't know it's just how it's always been i feel like it's that everybody feels the same so every time when i did it i just thought we all know this is pointless but I guess we've got to do it anyway because that's the way this goes. I didn't realise that some people genuinely go into a shop, have an interaction with someone behind the counter. Someone behind the counter is really nice. It makes them feel better and they come out thinking, oh, what a nice shopping experience that was. I just thought it's one of those things you have to go through the thing because it's tradition or something stupid like that. It took me ages to realise that the difference between me and other people is that I'm faking it and they're not and they're actually genuinely getting some enjoyment out of stuff and I'm faking enjoyment out of stuff. I just assumed that we were all the same. Yeah. Um, I mean, I didn't realise that. It's not like once I got diagnosed, I was all like, oh, that's why. I felt, I think I realised it sort of like in my teens 
that for everybody else it was a genuine thing. I think when I was younger than that, I just thought we're all doing this stupid faking, pretending thing because that's just what we do. Uh, and then it wasn't until I was in my teens, I just like, wait a minute, these people are actually into this. <laughs> uh, and it's me that's weird. But at that point, I was like too far gone. So yeah. I just I just carried on doing it. Um, but like for you, doing these interactions where you force yourself into doing stuff and, you know, restrain yourself from behaving the way you want to behave. Like, do you feel like there's any sort of long-term effect of doing that really? Um, or do you feel it's like it's not a big deal? Because the guy who posted on Facebook said that he feels angry about it and he feels bad that he has to do this now, that he wants to do certain things that are, you know, characteristically autistic, but he knows he can't, so he doesn't. And I've wondered sometimes, like, if I hadn't have masked and if I hadn't have had to try and fit in, and if I had have just been myself, what would I be like now? I imagine I'd be completely different. And I feel like his is the same way. Do you think that these restrictions and this stopping what you actually want to do is having like a long-term impact on, I suppose, what direction your life's going in? Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know if it's as applicable to me. I feel like it's more applicable to you because, yeah, if you didn't mask, you would be a completely different person to what you are now, I imagine, because you mask all the time so like with you i always see it whereas with me like i mask a lot when i'm at work because the people i work with don't know i'm autistic um it's easier for me to get on with my job if i don't have if i am masking because then people aren't looking at me any differently but then apart from that situation and like that specific one of being at work i don't really mask that much anywhere else it's only when I really have to talk to people when I'm like going about my day in public yeah there are a couple of times where I feel a bit meltdowny and I stop myself or yeah if I'm like over excitable but generally uh when I'm in public I'm not really with people other than you or I'm on my own so I don't really feel like I have to mask that much um, like I don't have any super obvious stims. So I, I know the guy that posted on the wall talked about like flapping, but I don't really flap. So I do stim a lot, but there's nothing that I stim with that I would say is a really obvious one. Do you think? I mean, I stroke stuff, but, uh, again, there's nothing when I'm out in public that I really, I suppose maybe you could tell if uh, you go into a clothes shop with me because I touch everything. Yeah, but everybody does that. So I think it's fine. You're doing it for different reasons. I know a lot of people feel clothes when they're in a clothes shop because they want to feel like the fabric and they want to feel like if it's like a sturdy fabric or if it's like cheaply made or like things like that. I know you're doing it just because you'd like that looks soft. You touch stuff that you have no intention of buying. You just look at it and think, I wonder what that feels like. But for a lot of people, it's just like, oh, I might get this dress. And then they sort of do this. Yeah. And they're yeah. like, oh, actually, no, that feels really cheap. I'm not going to buy it. Yeah. So I but so like you say, that's not like a really obvious thing. I'm just I'm just trying to think of anything I do. Like, really, I think, like you said, it probably affects you more than me because I can't imagine what you'd be like if you weren't spending so much time masking even to an extent when you are not in public. So, like, say when it's just me and you and there's no need for you to mask. Yeah. I think 
your behavior is still affected by the fact that you have learned to mask if that makes sense like i don't feel like you're ever completely comfortable just it like you'll never to me stand out autistic ever yeah i to be honest um when i'm on my own and it's just me yeah um i will do the odd thing that's slightly different to the way i am but um not really and I know what that makes me think is that maybe I are, you know, maybe that is because I am just the way I am. Um, but I'm fully aware of the fact that the stuff I used to do all the time when I was on my own that I uh, just don't do anymore now. Um, and yeah, it's just it's years of suppressing it, suppressing it so that I I've now suppressed it so much that I um yeah, I don't I don't behave in a way that's autistic. Uh, it's weird because even though I don't and I would say that my hidden autism is I think I do it really well um it's weird that when I get around people that are professionally trained in recognizing autism they pick up on it straight away and that's always the thing that I found interesting about me because I don't do standard autistic stims and I don't do normal autistic behavior but uh when I went to see the therapist the very first therapist I saw she recognized that I had Asperger's within an hour of talking to me and recently when we went to see your the guy that diagnosed you yeah um he only saw me for like five ten minutes till he said i had a feeling you might be um so there's still something i do um but i have no idea what it is and i didn't ask him why he thought that might be the case um but there's something only those that are professionally trained in it can pick up on but whatever it is uh it's really obvious apparently um i have no idea what it is and i didn't want to ask him what it was because i was concerned that if he told me what it was i'd then start teaching myself how not to do it yeah i because i now you've said it i was just thinking of a couple of things you do that i think you do through because of the autism so like there are a couple of things that you do that i think is directly linked to asperger's but I wouldn't want to tell you what they are either because, yeah, I think you would then try and change them. Yeah. Maybe. Like, there are things you do uh, in general, so it's not like when you're in the flat, you, you it's not like you always appear NT. Uh, I mean, you just have to have a conversation with you about something that you've been burgering about and you'll be you'll go into it quite deep. Yeah. Um, and it can go on for a while. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. Um, There's been a lot of stuff happening this week that I guess has proven that that point as well. <laughs> but I, I like listening to your ramblings. It's funny. Um, also, like, you are a bit mental about having your keys, even when you know you've got them. Uh, like, you've you've picked your keys up, you've put them in your pocket, you know they're there because you've just done it, but then two seconds later you're undo- undoing your pocket getting your keys out just yeah, to check yeah. the, the keys. So, like, there's things like that. You also, like, on occasion, just make random noises. Um, I know I've already mentioned before that you do weird voices or make up words, but also, like, sometimes you'll just make a noise. It'll come out of nowhere. Like, you'll be sat in silence and you'll just make some odd sound for no reason. <laughs> yeah, you see, I do that one in public. That's the one I always do. Yeah, you do, do that in public I never well. suppress that one. Um, I'll just be at work behind the counter doing something and all of a sudden I'll just say a really weird word at random or 
just make a, a noise uh, for no reason. And people will look at me and I'll just look at them, but I won't say anything. I look at them for a bit until they've stopped looking at me and then I just carry on as normal. Yeah, no, you just pretend that it doesn't happen or not even pretend. I think like it's just, it's a non-issue for you. You've done it. It's, you don't care. I do it. Yeah, it's weird. I do it at random, but it's it's like a weird, like the one I do the most, I think at work is I like to say yes, but in a really weird Yes. Yeah, I like ways like that. Um, and I won't do it for any particular reason. Like, it's not like I've completed a job or doing something. I'll just be mid-doing something and then just say yes in a really, like, weird voice. And then people will look and then go, is that you? And I'll be like, yes. <laughs> and then I'll, like, go back to doing what I'm doing. Um, but that's it. That's the only ones I can think of that I do in public. But I don't suppress them. But I know there's loads of other ones that I do ignore um, or did used to know I was ignoring and now they're just so like battered into exist non-existence that I just don't do them anymore um but I it's still I don't know like I say the guy that posted the question on Facebook I don't know what long-term effects it has I don't know if because I'm suppressing a load of stuff it's it has anything negative like on me or does anything negative to me you know it's it's I know with like NT people if they suppress like emotional reactions to things or like ignore their emotions or shut their emotions away it can lead to a lot of bad stuff. You know, that's how a lot of like NT people end up having like nervous breakdowns or, um, do you know what I mean? Like really like dramatic outbursts or end up getting depression or I know it released that thing, but I, I don't think it works that way for, especially not me. I don't feel like suppressing stuff has like a negative thing, but I, I don't think, I think I'd be uncomfortable now doing a lot of like my artistic behaviours out in public anyway. I don't feel like that would be a positive. It's not like a case of just be yourself. Like if I said to you, just be yourself and go out in public and do the things you do privately behind closed doors out in public, like you'll feel better about it. I feel like you'd feel worse about it. Yeah, probably. Um, like, well... Like I said, I don't really feel like I do cover it up that much. Like, I I definitely do at work deliberately not say certain stuff because it might make me sound different. Um, Like, you know, I don't bring up the fact that I have to have the same thing for dinner every weekday night (laughs) or that I don't really like making friends. Like, I just don't say that because that might be weird. But, like, I don't feel like I have to conceal a lot of my behavior because to be honest a lot of my um autistic behaviors are sensory based I would say so there's stuff that you can't help like I can't ask to have the lights turned off (laughs) in a building and to be honest the lighting in this building is so much better I haven't had an issue with the lighting there at all um but yeah like because I don't have I do stim, but it's sensory stim. I stroke stuff. Um, I can still get away with doing that in public without anyone thinking it's odd. Um, And yeah, I don't really feel like I suppress. I would say the bigger things for me, like when I come home, I like it to not be too dark. um, And I like to be somewhere where I can like stroke something soft um I can just sit and be in silence and stuff but there's nothing that really bothers me that 
much that I feel like I'm hiding. Like, there's nothing I really think I'm hiding from the public. I mean, I don't, I don't love wearing clothes. <laughs> but again, I'm not going to walk out. Like, I'm not going to leave the flat naked because that would make me feel worse because everyone would be looking at me. But like, yeah, that is a thing that I am not a massive fan of. Like, I don't know. I think it's a sensory thing. I quite like to not have clothes on. Yeah. But I mean, I'm not. Yeah. Like, just because, obviously, just because we're asking this question on the podcast, if you don't think you do, then then maybe you don't. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think it's had an effect on me. I The reason I felt like it was more a thing for you was because I remember a while back, a while back, like, it was quite a long time ago, I remember you saying that you feel like you're not sure what you are actually like because you think you've spent so much time masking. Yeah, I would say that I uh, definitely am not like myself. Yeah. Um, and I've always felt that, though. You know, like, I can't just be myself. Uh, and I know everyone says, like, just be yourself. You'd be happy if you just be yourself. It's it's not a case of people just saying that to me and then me going, oh, yeah, you're right, I'll just do that. I just can't anymore. Uh, and, but, I'm I, like, I'm not, like, annoyed with that. Um, I do wonder sometimes, like, what it would be. And every now and then I see, like, the odd little, like, you know, bit of what I, it would be like, or sometimes I get like weird feelings of what myself is. But I, uh, most of the time I'm, I'm aware of the fact that I can't be myself and I won't be. Um, like it's, it's not something that I'm like, oh, I wish it could be. But yeah, I know I'm not like how I really am, but that's because uh, I've not been who I really am for a long time now. So, uh, and what I do now and who I am now is just, it is just, what's happened and what I've become I'm more comfortable with it and I would say I'm definitely more relaxed with it and I don't mind um but I know that there's a lot of things that I would say I do in I suppose my public life that uh are not done for any benefit for myself and they're not done to like help myself they're done for others and like how others see me um but yeah that's that's just normal um Admittedly, yeah, like I say, this this post on Facebook kind of said that, like, they're angry and they're annoyed. And I used to get angry and annoyed about the fact that because the world is, like, obviously geared towards the neurotypical um, and you have to behave in a neurotypical way, really, uh, I am annoyed that because of that, it stopped me from doing stuff. But I think that might be to do with, like, my, you know, wanting, like, a perfect job and all that kind of stuff. I think it all just ties into the same thing. And anything that, like, fits that agenda or that narrative of me not becoming what I want to be for various reasons. And, like, obviously, I'm going to side with that initially. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't I don't worry about it too much. But, yeah, I, I, do, I just, I wouldn't say I got angry. Um, but I'd say I, I wonder sometimes, like, if I just let everything and just be my, like, purer autistic self what would I be like and how would life be would it be better would it be worse sometimes I think about that but not enough to then be like agitated or annoyed or wishing maybe I should have done and felt like I've been like cheated out of something I would say I used to feel cheated out of stuff but uh I've moved on since then I think yeah and I think the difference with me is I'm not really like I'm a big thinker but I'm not really the sort of person that thinks of stuff that way like things like that don't tend to bother me as much like what would have been and stuff like that they're not thoughts that I often think about I know for a lot of people that's a big thing of like oh what if this had happened would this be different but I 
yeah, that's not really like a thought process that I have very often with stuff. Um, so I think that's why it's difficult for me to put forth my opinion. I think the other post that you um, were talking about with the, uh, what was it? You were behaving in a certain way. Yeah, like the, do you ever behave towards other people's perceptions of what autism is? Yeah. So you, you see what other people think what Asperger's is uh, and then you try and either behave in the way that they want you to yeah. or you just be yourself but then you do things that um you know they think well that's not what Asperger's is so why are they doing that so my opinion on this will be more of a well just an opinion it won't be from experience very much because uh not many people know that I have Asperger's uh, like most people don't um, my family do now but uh, I haven't I don't I haven't seen them very much like I've seen them twice since I got diagnosed and for you know like less than a day just for a couple of hours both times so it's not like I like have hung out with them enough to put like an opinion across but for me um the thing that annoys me is it feels like people pick and choose what they think is acceptable to and it also feels like if you're someone that masks a lot um like Nikki is a good example of this because he masks all the time to a point where I guess people there are a lot of people that I know have known you and have known that you have Asperger's but I think because you present in a way that is so like NT People just assume that you are, not that you are NT, but that you can behave like an NT person and therefore should behave like an NT person. So then the areas that I suppose are probably more linked to your Asperger's that you do publicly, for example, you will say things that you think, like sometimes you can be blunt or be, I suppose rude, but I don't really think it's rude, but you just say the truth, no matter if it's considered harsh or not, you'll just say it. But then it's almost like people are annoyed at that because they can see that you're not um, screaming uh, or, I don't know, I'm trying to think of like really obvious like autistic things that people put in this stereotypical box, like flapping, like we said before. Um, they can see you're not doing that all the time. So then when you are making a comment that is just a comment, they think that you shouldn't do that because you know not to flap your arms about. So you should also know not to say what you think. And that's obviously not how it works at all. But it seems like if you want to show some of your autistic traits and characteristics and behaviours in public, then you need to really amp up your autism for people to accept the ones that you do have. You almost have to have everything that they expect. It's kind of like an all or nothing. And that's how I see it. Uh, again, like I can't really talk from experience because I, yeah. I n like no one knows I'm well, autistic. But yeah, yeah, I mean that makes total sense. Like, say you, you think you know what autism is. Yeah. So I tell you I'm autistic. You then measure how autistic I am based on what you think it is, and then because yeah. I show none of the stereotypical obvious traits. It makes most people just think, well, he must have it really mild or he's got yeah. a really like weak version of it. So then when I do say something, like you said, that is insulting or is a bit like, uh, 
badly timed or wasn't really thought out before I said it. Um, people think that because I'm not presenting as autistic and I've got it mildly that I must have chosen to say that and I'm doing it on purpose. So there are times where I say stuff and I don't understand um, what the problem is. And it's not that I it's not that I say stuff and don't care. It's that I say stuff and don't there's no part of me that decides. So like for a lot of the things I say, it's really hit and miss. Sometimes I just say stuff and there was no part in my head before I said it that went, don't say that because of this. You know, it just comes out because it's in my head at the time. And I don't have that bit that filters it and says, no, not that. Don't say that. Uh, I'll just say it. And then if you think you know what autism is and you look at me and I've said something like that, you think, well, he's not that autistic. I've never seen him like shout at someone. I've never seen him knock stuff over never seen him have a meltdown, he doesn't like flap his arms about any of that kind of stuff, then um, when I say something that's horrible, or if I get angry or behave in a certain way that's not acceptable, you don't think, oh, it's because of his autism, you think he's just doing it on purpose now. Yeah. He's just being annoying because he thinks he can be annoying, or he's just choosing to be rude to her because he thinks it's funny or that kind of thing. Um, because they just forget all of it. They just think, well, it's not autism as I know it, so... He obviously either doesn't have it really or he's got a really mild one. And so when I do some traits that are traits that they don't recognise or have never heard of, they just think I'm being odd or weird or doing something. But I have noticed that when I do the things that are stereotypically autistic, so obviously I have the noise cancelling headphones at work, if I put them on and I'm mean to someone, yeah. people are more accepting of that. So... If I have them on at the time when I say something horrible or if I have them on at the time where and I have like an angry outburst or I have them on and don't talk to someone and have a shutdown, people are more accepting of that because they see the headphones and think autistic. Yeah. And then anything I do after that is under the autistic brand. But the second I take the headphones off, it's like I'm not autistic anymore. And then when I do the same behaviours but without the things on my ears, people just think, oh, he's being annoying or he's being difficult on purpose. Um I mean, obviously that was different. Like when I was younger, I used to get, he's being difficult and he's got a bad attitude and that kind of thing all the time. But that was just because people didn't know I had it. But now it's more of, I've had loads of meetings about my attitude and behavior. And I get told all the time that my attitude's making people uncomfortable or the things I've said are making people upset. Yeah. Um, and there's nobody saying, but it is an autism thing and he can't <laughs> help it. So maybe we should try and work out why he's doing it. Because every time I've ever done anything like that, it's because of something else that's triggering it. Um, and it's why I don't do it all the time. Um, when I'm like completely settled and relaxed and calm, I'm focused. And I, I tend not to do some of my autistic things because I'm... But when something's bothering me, they come out more, which is the same. I mean, it's how meltdowns happen for those on the spectrum. It's like a combination of things that have triggered it. But for a lot of people, they see me do it and just think, right, let's have another conversation with him about the way he's behaving again. They don't really like put two and two together and go, wait, this is autism. There's something else bothering him. They don't start the conversation with um, what's up, you know, yeah. what, what's wrong? Like what's what's happening that's making you do this? Do you know what's wrong? Like, is there something that's stressing you out? They start the conversation with, do you think that was appropriate for you to talk that way to someone? To which most of the time, I don't even realise I've done it. So I tend to just go, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. And then they go over the situation again. And then in my head, I try and think about what they're saying. And I try and put myself in the shoes of the person I said it to. Yeah. And I can't. So what I do is I just think, if someone said that to me, how would I feel? And I'd be like, I don't care. 
So then I'm just like, it's fine, I'm not worried. Uh, and then they just go, well, they're upset. And then I'm just like, well, they're a baby then, because yeah. it's not that big a deal. Like, why don't they just grow up and stop getting upset about every little thing? That's pathetic. And then I get agitated because, for me, it's one of those things where I've been trying to not behave autistic, and I've realised that one of my autistic things now has got me in this meeting. So I'm annoyed that one of my behaviours slipped the net and got out into the public. Um, (laughs) So then I'm getting more and more angry because I'm just like, stop bringing it up. Like, I normally am really good at hiding this stuff and I stupidly forgot to hide this one and I didn't. So then I'm like having an argument and it's getting more heated. And obviously with me, the more frustrated and agitated I'm getting, uh, the more horrible I start to become and the things I say are quite bad. There's some of the things I've called like bosses and people and that kind of thing in the past that I'm not purposefully mean and I'm not rude and I'm not whatever, but like you just, you're hyping me up. But because in their head, they don't think that's how autism is. And because I'm not like punching my own leg or screaming or like rocking back and forth in a chair, they just think I'm being like just horrible for no reason. And that I'm being really defensive and aggressive and rude. But like I say, if I'd have whacked those headphones on, while I'm doing all this, that adheres more to what people think autism is. So then they can be like, oh, yeah, but he's got the headphones on, so he must be stressed, so it must be an autistic thing. He can't help himself. But if I do it normally, they just think, well, I know what autism is. I know what autistic behaviours are. He's not doing any of them. I'm not rocking. I'm not stimming. I'm not doing anything. All I'm doing is I'm stood there saying, well, you're a baby, and maybe you should suck it up, and maybe every little thing shouldn't bother you that much. Yeah. And, and I'm just seen as like uh, nothing's wrong with me. I'm just behaving a certain way, um, and it it doesn't look autistic, so it's not autistic, and it's just me having a bad attitude again. And like I say, I I that's just that's just how that is for me. Um, and weirdly, the two topics kind of crossed over there a little bit. Uh, yeah, the, they did. The, they are kind of linked, I think. Yeah, that I um, it's just how it is. It's just people don't a lot of people, and I'm not saying everyone should have to understand autism because there's a lot of people out there that don't have any dealings or interactions with people on the spectrum anyway. So, do you know I mean like there's there's other disorders that I'm aware of exist, but I know nobody that's got any of them, so I know very little about them. Yeah, I'm not saying that everyone should know, and then that makes it easier. It's just when you know I've got it, and you're someone that's like saying like. Like a teacher, boss, that kind of thing. I feel like there's some level of you should probably learn specifically how it works too. And and it's the thing with like how it is with me is in workplaces I've had like wellness meetings and um oh, what are they called they're not well the wellness meetings risk assessments that's yeah. what I'm looking for. Um, but then there's just people that like are in charge of me that just haven't read them. Yeah, and know nothing about it. And instead of reading them, what they've done is that they've just gone, oh my, you know friend's nephew's auntie's dog walker is autistic and she told me that he can't uh eat fish fingers if you know he likes fish fingers and beans but beans and fish fingers if they touch each other he won't eat them and then they watch me in like a mixture of broccoli and rice and go but he can mix food so he's not got autistic as bad as this kid so he can't really be that bad so uh, i don't need to read his risk assessment i kind of know what it is He's not doing it what this kid's doing, so he can't be that bad. So I'll just let him do his everyday thing. And then when I do things that are traits they've never even heard of, they just think that I'm being like a pain for some reason. Yeah. Uh, And then I get agitated and be like, have you even read my risk assessment? And they're just like, well, why would I need to read that? And I'm like, it says that in there. 
this would be explained. Um, but then, like, you have sometimes the opposite of it where they read my risk assessment and then they want to, like, do you know what I mean? Like, overprotect. Yeah. Uh, and they're checking on me constantly, which equally can be just as bad. Um, I remember working in a place with a guy that found out I got it. Not the job I do now, but... Um, like once he found out and read the risk assessment, he'd always like come up to me and do the, he'd go, you all right, buddy? Are you having a good day? Is everything oh, all right? No. And I'd just be like, why are you talking to me like I'm three years old? Like, <laughs> I, what, what is going on here? Like, and they're just like, okay, well, you have a great day and don't you worry about things. And then he'd just like disappear and I'd be like, what just happened? Yeah, it's, it's tricky. <laughs> and it also, it works the other way around of, like you said, like it doesn't seem that bad or even with a lot of people, like you don't seem like you're autistic. Or, what does that even mean? Like that has no meaning. I think that's a big thing. Yeah, I do people. feel like sometimes saying something they say you don't seem autistic. I do sometimes want to go, what's autistic to you? Yeah. What to you seems autistic? Uh, yeah. And then just to hear what their perception of it is and then to understand that you don't, because you don't fit that, you yeah. can't have it that bad. Because I think that's like a, a big thing with this behaviour. Like I say, it seems like the traits that you let out unless you've got all the traits or other traits that that person the person that is the judger if you like has decided are autistic um if you don't have those then they're going to judge you for the traits that you do have as you're just doing them because you want to mess with them or whatever not because you're autistic and like I say it also seems like for a lot of people you do have to behave in a way that they deem autistic and if you don't behave in that way then you're not autistic in their eyes um i think yeah i think it is tricky it's difficult um because like you said it can go one of two ways that can either decide that you're deliberately being rude or they can yeah sometimes decide you're incapable of uh <laughs> of like actual thought yeah i said like wiping your own nose yeah yeah which um, can be tricky. Like, I would never want... Because I don't feel like I'm disadvantaged as such because of it. Like, it, like we've spoken about before, there are pros and cons. So, yeah, I think in some ways it hinders me, but in other ways it probably helps me. So it probably balances out. And I don't... I would never want to use autism as an excuse for not doing something or do you know what I mean even though in some cases it is an excuse I don't want it to I wouldn't want to tell people and then them use it for me as an excuse to why I got something wrong no I might have just not been paying enough attention and not because of my autism just because I was being lazy like I I still want to be held accountable for things so I'm a bit opposite on that one. I yeah, I know. You are the opposite, actually. I, I said it and then I thought, actually, we're, we're different in that regard. I am very hard on myself for everything. Like, I always kind of want to do the best at everything. And I never think to myself, well, maybe you can't do that because you're autistic. Like, that's never a thought in my head. Like, I, I think we've discussed this before. If I can see that someone else can do something then I don't see why I shouldn't be able to do that thing. Like if someone else, I honestly, it's with everything. If I can see that someone else is a rocket, like, is it a rocket surgeon? What's scientist. It? Scientist. If I can see that someone else, like a human being has managed to be a rocket scientist, well, I think I'm a human being, like, 
So I should be able to do that because it's achievable for human beings. And I am a bit like that. Like I, I never want to use it as an excuse. Like I never want it to be a thing that stops me doing stuff. Whereas I think sometimes with you, it can be the other way around. And well, sometimes there are things. No. So you make it, basically for me, my logic behind it is I went like... 26 years 27 years having to struggle and having to really like fight my way through things and like really have to like just cope and everything was difficult and everything was a strain so for me it's kind of like once I got diagnosed there is stuff I can do um but once I realized that I can get out of doing them because of my autism a lot of the time I will because it's more for me it's more like because I need a break um there are things i can do but they can be quite stressful for me and they're not that much of a strain to do them and i've done them millions of times before in the past but i think no like i'm done with that now i've spent a long time doing these i don't need to yeah i have like a do you know I mean like when you had like a letter from your mom to get out of pe you could do <laughs> pe but you've got a letter saying you don't have to it's kind of like that with me now i the stuff that i know i can do still yeah um but once given the option or because of your autism though you know if someone does that if someone's silly enough to go down the road with me of going um or because of your autism will you be comfortable doing this sometimes I will go no no I won't be comfortable doing that yeah um but it's not like a lazy thing and I'm not like exploiting or cashing in on my autism no no I don't I didn't mean that you oh I know I know you didn't I'm just saying it like at my point um I just think like I've gone so long doing this now that it's nice that I don't have to anymore yeah um and it's more like that for me I know with you it's a principal thing and it's more like <laughs> I can do this so I will do this yeah and I'm not trying to say it like I mine's a good thing either like sometimes I will push myself to a breaking point to <laughs> yeah I, I sometimes I could talk you out of doing something because I just think like no this is bad for you stop <laughs> um and it takes me it takes sometimes it's taken me a long time to convince you to not do something even though you'd like, I could. And I'm always like, you can, but you shouldn't. Um, and yeah, the, just as a previous thing as well, to something you were saying just then that I found interesting, is um, people judge your autism or not judge, but rate your autism mm. or measure your autism based on what they think autism is. That's something that I've always found weird, um, is that somebody that you're speaking to knows what autism is or judges what they think autism is and thinks what it is. And then you, the person who has autism, who understands autism way more than they ever will. Um, And you get it, you've researched it, you've been told about it, you've been diagnosed with it, you've spoken to loads of different people, you're on groups, that kind of thing. You know way more about, about them, but it still comes down to what they know about it, like measures how things are going to go for you yeah and that's the thing that i've always found odd about it is i'm still at the mercy of those that i'm who's talking to me on what they think autism is as to how they'll judge and how they'll rate what i'm doing or decide on how weak or mild or strong my autism is based on what they know about it it's got nothing to do with what i know which i always found odd because i'm the one that has it I'm the one that knows i'm the one that understands it but um they're the one that's deciding how bad mine is yeah. Uh, based on the things I can and can't do. And also, like, not that I think, like, some people have it worse than others, but, like, uh, I think it's interesting to base it on that because usually you're basing it off one trait. So, for example, like you said, with food touching, 
I'm fine with my food being like touching. I'll mix everything. That's no problem to me. Whereas someone else might not be okay with that at all. Someone else on the spectrum can't deal with that. So in that sense, they're they're worse than I am because they can't have their food touch. But equally, this person might have zero sensitivity to uh, light and things can be really bright and that's fine with them. Whereas for me, I'm pretty sensitive to light. Um, and like if I've been in a light room all day, I would be exhausted afterwards and probably like feel more agitated or meltdowny. Uh, so in that sense, I'm worse than them. But because they they don't know about this light sensitivity, but they do know how different we are with our food, they've just decided this person has it worse based on one trait, which I think is interesting because, uh, like with Asperger's, it's kind of it's all the same. It's just we have different traits. Some people struggle with different things more than other people struggle with certain things. But we're all struggling yeah, <laughs> with sense. stuff. There is always a struggle. Uh, there are different levels to autism and but again like that's more to do with someone's perception of what is considered normal like there are people that are considered further from the norm than others autism is still autism like everyone struggles with it and yeah there are some people with way more of a struggle with living in the nt world than i do um but yeah, it just it's odd to me that people they will base their judgment on how in quotations bad you are based on uh, one trait that they've seen. Yeah, well, like you can actually talk to a stranger from time to time, so you're you're not as bad as my friend. My friend can't talk to any strangers, and then you're like, okay, <laughs> that means nothing. Yeah, that's irrelevant. Like it it unless you want to take all of our traits. Uh, and rate us out of 10 for each one. Yeah, and then like do like some sort of like pie chart. Or, yeah. <laughs> uh, like yeah. scatter graph. And then like it's like the top trumps of Asperger's. Yeah. Like I, uh, I've only rated three on eye contact, but I've got like an, <laughs> an eight on dealing with new situations. And also like you see the version of autism that I want you to see. Like you might think that I have zero sensitivity to light because I'll sit there in a light room uh, and it will bother me inside, but you won't know it's bothering me outside. You probably wouldn't know it unless you had some secret camera in my flat that shows when I get home, I have to have all the lights off and sit in a dark room for a couple of hours to get over it. Do you know what I mean? Like you, the, people do judge your autistic behavior, and I think that can be frustrating and probably cause problems. And probably, like I think a lot of the time, going back to the hiding like flapping and what that could have done the only reason you hide your autistic behavior is because of the judgment of others yeah like so they are linked because if that judgment wasn't there and didn't exist then there would probably be no need to hide your autistic behavior so let's just buy an island and move the burgers to a burger Oops. island Oh, you're back to Burger Island again, are you? <laughs> and that is the solution. Right. It's taken us an hour and ten minutes, but we have come to... <laughs> yeah, Scarlett's going to start a GoFundMe page. <laughs> and she wants to build Burger Island. <laughs> yeah, it would be great. <laughs> right, that's it for this week. Right, uh, yes. Thanks, everyone, for listening again. Uh, yeah, um... I always feel like listing the 
It's always weird because I always just go like, our oh, podcast is available on like Spotify, iTunes, that kind of thing. Um, but then I've realised that the only way to do that is you have to be listening to the podcast. So you've obviously already found it. Otherwise, how are you hearing where it is? Yeah, well done for finding a platform. But yeah, we are on all most platforms anyway. Feel uh, free to like, share and subscribe. Yeah, so like I say, if you've got any apps that you don't want and you must download for like podcast reasons uh, or like you think you found someone. Because we used to be like only on the really obscure ones to start off with. Um, but we are on like all of them now. So uh, if you've had enough of having like a random app on your phone just to get certain podcasts, then yeah, we're on. Getting on Spotify was like it felt like a really big achievement. Oh, yeah. I was I was thrilled when we got on Spotify. I'm trying to get us onto uh, smart speakers at the moment, but it's really difficult. There's a way to I've lobbied it with Amazon. I have to fill a form out and explain it that kind of thing. Um, <laughs> just so you can do the. I don't want to say it because if I say it, she'll start talking. But like whichever robot you've got living in your house with you, whichever what you have to say to them, whatever's the go word to get them to do stuff, it'll be to play them Asperger's on and then whatever apps related to it. I'm trying to get it to work on uh, Spotify for basically for Amazon Echo at the moment, but that is not as straightforward as I thought it was. Yeah. You have to fill out a form and a request and there's all kinds of things. But yeah, that's it. Uh, we've got a Facebook page again. Like I say, we're on Facebook. If you want to... Go to our page and like it. Please do. Um, and also there's a group. Like, Feel free to let yourself in there. If you want more advice that we don't cover or you want more in-depth stuff, you can message us directly. If it's something you want to ask me and Scarlett, particularly something about us, then private message us. Uh, we're not the fastest at replying, but we do reply eventually. Might be a trait. Yeah. I'm not very good at replying in general, so yeah. it, I have um, to like psych myself up for replies. So yeah, you will get a reply. We're just not the quickest with that. Um, but if you've got like a, just a general thing that you want to know straight away, um, just join our group, post something on the wall, and there's loads of people on there that know all kinds of business. Podcast, uh, like if you've got any episode ideas as well, feel free. Yeah. Like, obviously, We're this episode came from two. Ep- yeah, two ideas because me and Scarlett. Uh, like your ideas so we want them but yeah that's it that's it for this week Uh, I have been terrible at using our Instagram I'm pretty sure last week I said that we were going to post something and we didn't I don't think I've posted anything on our Instagram we'll take a picture like right now in like three weeks Uh, I haven't put anything up but we will put something up for this one Um, but yeah that's it yeah thanks again for everyone that's listening thank you for listening bye